Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is it? November? It's November already, right? This year is like flying by. I can't believe... Somebody just reminded me the other day that we're like two weeks or less than two weeks from Thanksgiving here in the U S and then Christmas is like just almost a month away. It's like the year's almost over, Dan, but you know what? It might be a good thing to say goodbye to 2020. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm not going to be too sad to see this year in the rear view mirror. Uh, I hope 2021 is a bit better. (laughs) This has been a trying year for sure. Uh, but we've gotten a lot of star Trek this year, so that's good. Oh my gosh, it's amazing how much Star Trek we've gotten this year. I mean, three series. That's that's incredible right there. We've never had a time where there's three series in the same year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Unless you're counting short treks, but yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, because Picard wasn't till this year either. So yeah, never mind. Even counting yeah. that. Yeah, if only we had short treks this year too, then we could say we had four in the same year. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Which reminds me, oh, wait, is, would this be spoiler? Wait, what was I trying to think? I was thinking the other day, and the, I, I'm not going to say it, so if no one saw the recent episode of Discovery, Die Trying, episode five, uh, I won't say anything. But there was something in that episode where I thought, oh, my gosh, I think, oh, I know, I know what it is. It's not a spoiler. Okay, it's not really even in this episode. I'm just throwing it. Oh, by the way, everyone, I'm Bruce Gibson. That's Dane Gunther we're talking. I, we're just, just jumping right in. Okay, so... <laughs> Linus and Giorgio is going to be a short trek. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> that would be fun. I guarantee that it. That would be fun. <laughs> I guarantee it. Because sometimes they do the short treks at the same time they're doing the original, ep- the, re- the regular episodes. And I think that they're teasing us with something that will get revealed in a short trek. Hmm. That's, that's, I'm putting it down. Write it down, everybody. That's what's going to happen. So anyway, we're going to go into this episode with several news items. Some little things that have been going on in Star Trek outside of the series and such. We're going to just talk about some Star Trek news. And the first thing I want to mention, and I hope all you negative YouTubers out there are listening right now, because I have a reliable source called Business Insider. It's not some obscure website that no one's ever heard of, some guy in his basement writing blogs and things. I'm not pulling from them. I'm pulling from Business Insider, who pulls from Parrot Analytics and... It shows that Star Trek Discovery is now even in higher demand than it was before. That's right. Star Trek Discovery is in demand. And according to Parrot Analytics, it is on a list of the top nine in-demand TV shows on streaming services in the United States, and it is ranked at number three right now. So it's number three out of all the streaming series are on TV. And so all those people there on YouTube, they're like, nobody is watching this show. No one cares about discovery. That's not what the facts say. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, You know, even just going by word of mouth, the general discussion around season three of discovery has been much more positive than I've seen in the past. And, 
you know, there's always those negative corners and stuff, but I, I even just taking the temperature of the general tenor of the discussion that I see happening online and, and even offline this season, I think has been a boon for discovery. So it makes sense to me that, you know, it's, that's being borne out in the numbers as well. And it's pointed out that CBS All Access has surged in its audience since the season three premiere. So, you know, we're seeing the effects of the series. It is doing well. It is doing well for CBS All Access. So to go through the list of the top nine, just in case anybody's curious, at number nine is the Netflix series, The Umbrella Academy. Number eight is Lucifer, also on Netflix. The Boys at number seven on Amazon Prime Video. Number six is Star Wars The Clone Wars on Disney+, Plus, which is interesting because that's not a new series. I mean, they had a new season last year, but uh, I think because of The Mandalorian, a lot of people are exploring the Clone Wars series. At number five, Cobra Kai on Netflix. I'm caught up on that series. There's a new season coming out in January. Hmm. And uh, Titans... On HBO Max, it was part of the DC Universe app, but all that content is now moving to HBO Max. So if anybody has HBO Max, you'll get all access to the new DC stuff, including Titans. So that's number four. And of course, number three is Star Trek Discovery, as we mentioned. So number two, which is another another favorite show of mine, Stranger Things on Netflix. I still haven't watched the new season of that. I'm so bad. And and like by new season, I mean the one that came out like last year. I I still haven't watched it. Oh. Yeah, because there's a delay on the fourth season. But yeah, you'll have to watch this uh, last season. And at number one is, no big surprise, The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. So, hey, Mandalorian, Stranger Things, and Star Trek Discovery are the top three. That's not bad. Not bad. That's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I, I couldn't really, I, I wouldn't even expect it to be that high. Like I, I couldn't ask for more than that. Like that's that's really that's great showing by Discovery for sure. It doesn't make you feel warm inside. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I, and I think it's deserved. I think this season they've put a lot of interesting work into it, and I, I think you know it's paying off. I, I hope it continues to be at the level it has been because it's been incredible. It certainly has. I've heard some people saying that they've never watched Discovery. And have seen the broadcast airings of season one on CBS and have watched it for free on that service and are like, I don't know what people are talking about. This show sucks. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe that's where also seeing a surge on CBS All Access is people are coming to the service now because they want to see the rest of the episodes and catch up. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's paid off for them as well, airing it on CBS for sure. I, I have heard from other people as well, like you, that have said they're catching it for the first time now without having to go on CBS All Access, and that could absolutely be driving subscriber numbers. Yeah, and when I say I've heard from people, it's not like they're calling me or texting me. To, it's like <laughs> I'm just finding random people online yeah. saying these things. And and even like random people in real life, I've noticed, uh, have been tuning into season three of Discovery because they've heard good things uh, here in Canada that like, Oh, I just caught it on CTV sci-fi last week. And that was really good. I need to catch up, you know? And the thing is they don't even realize the show gets better over time. Mm -hmm. So if they like it now in the early part, they're going to love it later. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of shows, Jeopardy, the game show Jeopardy that's been on 
Well, I mean, there was an older version before Alex Trebek and everything, but Alex Trebek has been hosting Jeopardy since I think it's the early 80s, if I remember correctly. 1984, uh, I believe, or okay. or maybe even earlier than that. But yeah. I think it might be even a little earlier than 82, that. 82 well, maybe? No. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it is 84. I think it is. After it's a, Yeah, I see something here in USA Today that says he's been hosting the show since 84. I'm with you, though. I feel like it's been earlier. It, he did it earlier than that, but I don't know. I'll have to check that out. I, I, but, I would have um, been one in 1984 for most of the years. So I, I, I just basically remember reading that somewhere. I definitely don't have memories <laughs> earlier than that myself. Oh, well, see, I was in high school <laughs> in 1984. And I remember Jeopardy being on, but I, I could have swore that he was on earlier than that. But okay, 1984. Doesn't matter. The thing is, uh, sadly, Alex Trebek did pass away. And I think most everybody listening to this knows that. And you're thinking, well, what does this have to do with Star Trek? Well, LeVar Burton apparently is has shown some interest in maybe hosting Jeopardy. But there's a campaign out there that's getting some traction that has reached a goal of 75,000 signatures as of last Friday. So there's something on change.org that's trying to get Jordy LaForge on Star Trek to be the host. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he sounds like he's open to it, but uh, I just was kind of surprised to see this. How do you think LeVar LeVar Burton would do as a host of Jeopardy? I think he'd be perfect as a Jeopardy host. I mean, I watched Jeopardy every once in a while, you know, it was like, oh, Jeopardy's on. I'll watch a little bit of it and and enjoyed it. And I've always been a huge fan of Alex Trebek. I think he was incredible and, and a lot of fun. Uh, if, uh, I, I, I can't like play a clip on here or, or talk about exactly what he says, but if you're out there, go search like Alex Trebek bloopers or, or, promo bloopers or something on on youtube and it's hilarious and and he's saying all sorts of naughty words that you don't expect to hear from alex trebek but he's a delight he was he was a delight i I loved the guy um i think lavar burton would be a terrific replacement and i i think he would just really fit into that perfectly his presentation style you know Reading Rainbow, for example, just the way he talks to an audience, I think, would fit really well in that Jeopardy environment. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really think of anybody. I think that would be a good replacement. I haven't thought about it much. Uh, But yeah, I can see LeVar Burton do it. As a matter of fact, he tweeted saying, even if nothing comes of it, I can't tell how much I appreciate all y'all's love and support. And then he has the petition to change.org. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. <laughs> so he's Keep into it. Up. Like, that's cool. Like, that's the biggest thing is like, would he be interested in it? And uh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I met Alex Trebek years ago, probably oh, wow. about 20 years ago. It was shortly after I got married. Uh, they were doing a taping of a couple weeks episodes on the road in Atlanta. And I don't remember who it was. But someone contacted me and said, hey, um, I want to invite you to the show. And so I took my new bride with me and we went to a taping of Jeopardy. And when they were done taping the episodes, 
he went backstage. They were closing the set, but they had us remain. And then he came back out. He had changed clothes. I remember he was wearing like a jean jacket or something. <laughs> a Canadian tuxedo, they call that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Jean jacket and jeans. <laughs> yeah. And they brought us up on stage. Uh, we stood there at his little pillar and talked to him for a little while. They took some pictures and we left. I, and I don't remember much. I don't even know what we discussed or what we said. But, uh, yeah, I just remember him being really nice and very cordial and came out and said hi. So, um, yeah, I I wasn't a big Jeopardy watcher. I watched here and there every once in a while. But, Mm. yeah, I'll be tuning in if LeVar Burton's on there. But still, I probably won't watch it regularly. (laughs) I'll watch a lot more, I think, at least at first, if LeVar Burton's on there. That's really cool. So, if Pat Sajak were to step away from Wheel of Fortune, who should we, from our Star Trek family bring onto wheel of fortune i'm trying to think who would be a good person that would say spin the wheel um let's think. i don't know why but my brain immediately went to kate mulgrew i i, I did too i really want to see her host wheel of fortune i think yeah. that'd be amazing that's so weird <laughs> my first thought was kate mulgrew too and i don't know why that's what i was thinking i was like why am i thinking kate mulgrew <laughs> i don't know that's really I, weird. I, I feel like Kate Mulgrew in a pantsuit would just fit perfectly on that Wheel of Fortune set, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Like a beige pantsuit. I don't know why. I just, like, she would fit on that set and she'd be great. (laughs) And then we could have Ensign Kim doing the letters. Oh, there we go. Yeah, absolutely. But he has to be called Ensign on the show. (laughs) I love it. You're still not promoted, Harry. I don't know. That's really weird. If anybody has any thoughts, but serious thoughts of, you know, who they would like to see host Will Fortune, or maybe somebody else in Star Trek would be good at Jeopardy too, besides LeVar Burton. How about like, like Patrick Stewart? No, Avery Brooks. I want to see Avery Brooks do Jeopardy. That'd be cool. <laughs> Actually, I want to see Garrick do Jeopardy. Not Andrew Robinson. Garrick. Garrick. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that would be good. Especially when you're wrong and he corrects you. (laughs) (laughs) And then he gives the final Jeopardy answer or whatever. And as they're writing down, he's like, I will be disappointed if none of you get this one. You should know the answer to this. (laughs) Just teasing them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Bashir on the Oh, and Star Trek actors on the show. Oh, and LeVar Burton, if he does do Jeopardy, they need to do a Star Trek week where they have Star Trek uh, actors come on and play the game. That would be cool. That would be be awesome. (laughs) Oh, well. Let's move on because, uh, Dan, if you had known about this opportunity, you may have taken advantage of it. But apparently, Zachary Quinto has said that he would actually officiate a wedding as Spock if you paid him a million dollars. (laughs) That would get him to fly in wherever you are, get him to stay wherever he needs. He would do his own ears. He would do his own hair, all that stuff. He mentioned this on a YouTube show from Comedy Central called Stir Crazy with Josh Horowitz. And the idea was thrown out and he said, sure, he would do it. Now, I know a million dollars is a lot. That's way more than you spent on your wedding recently, of course. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) a great deal. And, you know, I've listened to the song... If I had a million dollars by bare naked ladies many, many times. And in at no time does the verse I'd have Zachary Quinto officiate my wedding come up. <laughs> <laughs> but if Zachary Quinto said, you know what, Dan, don't worry about the million dollars. I would love to just come and officiate your wedding as Spock 
would you go for it? And second, would your bride have gone for it? Huh, that's a that's a tough question. I think I would go for it. I don't know that Nikki would. I think we would both go for Zachary Quinto officiating our wedding. Uh, I think both of us would prefer he not be dressed as Spock to do it. Though. <laughs> I, I think it'd be just cool. Like, let's have Zachary Quinto officiate our wedding. Why not? Like, if that was the option without the Spock regalia, I'd be all for that. <laughs> I think Zachary Quinto would do great at that absolutely (laughs) i really do think he would but to your point it would be a little weird with spock i'm just thinking back to my wedding first of all i don't my wife would not go for spock marrying us um and then (laughs) the rest of my family and friends i would not be able to live down that moment for the rest of my life everybody would just be like especially my parents they're like you know, we understand you enjoyed that, but really, Bruce, come on, you know, <laughs> my mom would just be like always mentioning it to me. Yeah. But. but I mean, you know, this whole coronavirus year has been tough, so I don't blame him for looking to make a few extra bucks, <laughs> a few extra million bucks, I guess, uh, as Spock. So. Well, a lot of this was said in jest. I mean, but, you know, he's like, yeah, I mean, I would do it. Someone gave me a million dollars. But the funny thing to me will be if somebody actually does come mm-hmm. up and say, you know, when you're on that show, I would actually pay you the million dollars. I'm making that offer right now. He would probably be floor. He's probably not expecting that to happen, but it could. There could be some really rich Star Trek fan out there that wants to be married by Spock. <laughs> I would believe that that person exists. Yes. <laughs> if that person exists, I hope that person listens to the show. Because Dan and I could use that million dollars. We could do stuff with that, too. (laughs) Yeah, have the two of us officiate at your wedding. That would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) And and we'll dress up. Uh, You know, I'll be Riker. Sure. I'll be, I don't know, a podcaster. (laughs) I'm dressed as a Star Trek podcaster. What do you want? (laughs) I'll be Riker and I'll put my leg up on something and, and do the wedding <laughs> and I'll play the trombone at the reception. Well, okay. So let's move on to another event. So we've had two events recently. Well, one may be coming up, but one recently happened with Kate Mulgrew and Captain Janeway. So there is a statue. I'm sorry. I just kind of think this is funny in a way, even though I'm a huge Star Trek fan, I see this is kind of ridiculous. But, of course, the Captain Janeway character is from Bloomington, Indiana. Well, that's an actual place. And so they raised enough money to erect, in her honor, Captain Janeway statue in Bloomington. And it's a monument there. Uh, it's on the Beeline Trail next to Wonder Lab Museum there in downtown Bloomington. It's a bronze bust of Janeway. And it was unveiled a special ceremony where they had Kate Mulgrew on live video because of COVID. She would like to have been there, but because of COVID, she did it by video. So if you're in Bloomington, go by and see the bronze statue. It's actually there. And it says Captain Janeway on it. It gives her date of birth of the characters. And it, it looks good, actually. It looks pretty decent. Yeah, it's it's kind of beautiful. I I think this is really neat. I think uh, I I like this commemorating future history. You know, we've had, of course, Riverside, Iowa is the birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk. So 
you know, I love the, to see Janeway getting her due here as well. And the fact that Kate Mulgrew took part in the ceremony remotely is really neat. And yeah, it's beautiful. It It's a really great likeness. Yeah, I like how it says on the top, future birthplace of Captain Catherine Janeway. Mm-hmm. So, pretty cool. So, I will say this. As much of I, as I think it's kind of funny and a little ridiculous, I do like it. And I, if I'm ever in Bloomington, I will definitely go by and see it. Absolutely. Yeah, I could see there being like a Star Trek tour or something that would include this as a stop now. Yep. And, you know, I'm not... I don't think I've ever been to Bloomington, Indiana, but there's a possibility that could happen. But I've definitely been to Boston and I've been to Boston many, many times, and I'm sure I'm going to be in Boston again. Well, now someone is trying to raise some money and get a monument erected there in Boston for Leonard Nimoy for his portrayal of Spock. Now, Leonard Nimoy was born and raised in the West End neighborhood of Boston, and he also attended Boston College. So he does have connections to the city. So there's this gentleman that uh, saw a sculpture called the Scrolls in Boston, and it gave him the idea to do a similar type of monument, but as the Vulcan salute in honor of Leonard Nimoy. So what do you think of this, Dan? I think this is really cool. It'd be a gorgeous monument. And yeah, I I would love to see this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the man's name is Stalker, and he picked a potential location in the West End Place, which is a co-op residential community in Boston. And it's got this large plaza in front of the entrance. And that's where this sculpture could go. And if you look at, I'm looking at trekmovie.com, if anybody wants to check this out, uh, the article is called Proposed Boston Memorial Would Honor Leonard Nimoy with Vulcan Salute. If you scroll down, you'll see the current sculpture called The Scrolls that inspired him. It almost looks like, to me, I know it's called Scrolls, but it almost looks like the top of like a cello or a violin, in a sense. But it's a very tall object. And I can see from that the inspiration for the Vulcan Salute. So the Nimoy family's on board with this. So, you know, money's trying to be raised for it, and uh, we'll see if he gets the the go-ahead to go ahead and do this, but it would be a 20-foot, I'm sorry, 25-foot stainless steel memorial. Yeah, very cool. I mean, that would be something that, I've never been to Boston, but that would have to be a, like, well, we'll we'll definitely try and find this and and get my picture in front of it (laughs) if I was ever there. Go see all the historical stuff. And then go and see the modern Vulcan salute. Absolutely. (laughs) Save it for the end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Some other things that are coming out. So we're going to get into some objects that you can actually purchase. I know you can't afford Zachary Quinto. Neither can we. And I know you can't afford to build sculptures and monuments in certain towns unless you raise the money. But these are things you can afford. So Put this on your holiday wish list. So the first thing I want to mention is the holiday badgie for Christmas. Now, you know, this is badgie from Lower Decks, that from the hollow deck, the badge that turns evil and tries to murder people. Well, what says the holidays more than murdering people? So Fansets has come out with their badgie pin for Christmas, and they tweeted this out the other day. I'm opening the tweet now, and it's not the actual a photo of the actual pin, but it's the design of what the pin would look like. 
And there he is with the garland and the little ribbon it says 2020 on it. And Badgie at least isn't looking evil. He's smiling. He looks happy. So I like happy Badgie. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty cool. And I mean, what better image for 2020, for Christmas of 2020, than an, a, a holodeck character that goes evil and tries to kill some of our main characters like <laughs> it's just so fitting uh the one thing i will notice is there's no like splatter of blood on badgie like oh, there was goodness. on that t-shirt design of him uh which i guess is probably a good thing but uh yeah definitely an interesting christmas imagery here yeah this is happy badgie this is in the spirit of the holiday seasons he's wearing a santa hat too can I teach you a lesson? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it doesn't talk. That would freak me out. <laughs> so Fansets is going to introduce this in December. It doesn't say when, but so keep your eyes out on Fansets. Maybe follow them on Twitter so when the announcement comes out, you can go on online and, and buy the badgy pin. And for anybody who collects pins, this one is a must-have. Absolutely. And that's coming from somebody who doesn't collect pins. But this is a must-have for me. I'm, I, I, yeah. I might have to get this one too. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, I will wear this at a holiday party next year when we don't have COVID because I'm not going to any holiday parties this year. No, ain't gonna happen. No way. Instead, I will stay home and read. Yes, because I love reading. So hey, we recently had a new novel that just recently dropped. The TOS novel, A Contest of Principles by Greg Cox. We've mentioned this on the show before, but I just wanted to mention it out there that is now available for purchase in both print and ebook. And also in addition to that, there's the audiobook version. And uh, the good news is Greg Cox not only wrote the novel, but he will come on to this show to discuss the novel. And that will be on our November 27th episode of Positively Trek, where we discuss this novel with him. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I'm partway through the book now. It came out uh, a week ago from when this episode drops. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's really good so far. I definitely recommend you pick it up. It's got that classic TOS flavor to it. And we're really excited to have Greg Cox on on the 27th. I just want to do a, a quick note here for people who are expecting our uh, autobiography of Catherine Janeway episode last week that did unfortunately have to be delayed by a week that is coming this Friday. It'll be our next episode coming out after this episode. Uh, so that'll be coming on uh, Friday, November 20th. So, uh, we do still have that coming. So those of you who are looking in your podcast feed going, Hey, didn't last week they say that was going to come out next? Uh, our apologies for that. Uh, unavoidable issues have meant that we had to push that a week. Yes, it's not because we're not doing our jobs. We all are, including Una. But yeah, unfortunately, Una was a little under the weather. So we gave her time to recover because you know what? We're nice people. We're nice guys. <laughs> we can we can do that, you know? Uh, Seven's Reckoning, number one, issue number one of the Star Trek Voyager comic is now available and is the first Voyager miniseries from IDW. And it focuses on Seven Nine's initial days on Voyager as she struggles to understand the nature of being human. So uh, I haven't read it yet. I do have a copy and we will review the whole series once all the issues come out. We will have an episode where we discuss Seven's Reckoning 
as a miniseries. Yeah, definitely looking forward to this one as well. Now, now we say it is now available. If you're an eager beaver and listen to this episode on the day it drops, uh, it'll be available tomorrow. <laughs> it comes out on Wednesday, November 18th. So if you listen to this episode on the 17th, you just got to wait a day, but it is, it is out very, very soon. Uh, chances are you'll be able to get it once you've heard this episode. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Yes. If you're listening to this the day the episode drops, it may be out, but definitely by tomorrow, it will definitely be out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at least online, but yeah, visit your comic book store because it might be there already. You never know, but it's definitely worth a read. Last thing to mention is, do you remember there was this deep space nine documentary called what we left behind and it focused on the making of deep space nine and talk to the writers and the actors and stuff all reflecting back on the series. Well, it was fan supported and now it's available for free on YouTube movies in the U S only, unfortunately. So if you're in the U S you can just go to YouTube, type in YouTube movies or what we left behind. And you should find the whole about two hour long documentary in there for free to watch. And if you pay close attention at the end credits, you may see our names in there somewhere. Yep. <laughs> my, my, I, I managed to find my name and, and of course our names are fairly close together. Gibson Gunther, we're, we're in the same little block there. Uh, but yeah, that, that's always a fun thing to pick out. Yeah. I, I did donate to the, the Kickstarter for this project way back when, and it's definitely worth a watch. I have it on Blu-ray. It, it's great, great watch. Uh, and the fact that you can catch it on YouTube movies, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I remember they sent it to me and they also sent me a poster. Did you get the poster? Yes, I believe so. I somewhere. have it rolled up somewhere. I have yeah, to go me look too. For I don't it. know where it is. Uh oh. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm just thinking. What did I do with the poster? Because I'm like out of room to hang posters right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I got the poster around here. Anyway, um, if anybody didn't get the poster and you really, really want the poster, then maybe reach out to me. Maybe I'll even give it to you. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> put that out there, but because since I'm not using it, then maybe somebody else would like it. So, anyway. Uh, well, that's it for the show, you know, just uh, wanted to kind of catch up everybody on some things and just have a fun discussion. And listen, if there's any time that you have a topic, a Star Trek topic that you would like for us to discuss, hey, we're open to suggestions and we'll have guests on to even talk about those topics sometimes. So, you know, just email us or tweet to us or whatever. Just reach out to us individually. Uh, Dan likes getting direct messages. So if you send him a DM, just make sure there's no spoilers in it. <laughs> thanks yes thank you for that <laughs> i appreciate your consideration in the in that matter <laughs> so dan when people want to reach out to you and not send you spoilers where can they find you you can find me on twitter i'm at kurtrats that's k-e-r-t-r-a-t-s and on youtube.com slash kurtrats productions where i make videos mostly about star trek but i'm also occasionally talking about the mandalorian these days too and you can email us at PositivelyTrek at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at PositivelyTrek. Look for our Facebook group on Facebook. Just search for PositivelyTrek and join the group. And you can follow me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. And you can email me, I guess. I've never put this out there. Admiral underscore Rex at Yahoo.com. There Yahoo. you go. <laughs> Yahoo. 
Hashtag I've, not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I have, I've had an email, not this email address, but I have another personal email address that I still use to this day that I started on Yahoo in 1995. And oh, I still wow. actively still use that email address. That's oh, amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. And that was back in the day where I had to explain to people what email was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember talking to people and I was like, yeah, well, I have this email address. What's email? I've heard this. But what, what is that? Explain. And I remember where I worked somewhere where we got email at work and I had to train people. It wasn't part of my job. But I was one of the few people who actually used email before. And so people would come <laughs> into my office so I could show them what email was and how it worked. So Awesome. <laughs> I feel really old. I remember when the wheel came out. That was invented. <laughs> I remember fire. Oh, first time we started fire. That was great. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Oh, and the Una episode is the next one. So check it out. Una McCormick. So everyone, thank you for listening, and until next time, stay positive, <laughs> or live long and carry on. <laughs> <laughs>